Welcome to the Prospect Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Siciliano. Alongside me for today is Nolan Hamilton. And it's been a long, long time, but it finally feels so good to say this. Fantasy football is back and along with it, the Prospect Fantasy Football Podcast. We're going to be here all season long to give you advice on waiver wire pickups, draft decisions, strategies, and more. You can check us out for articles and more at prospectornow.com slash fantasy football. So today we're just going to be looking at wide receivers and some hidden values and some gems in the position. Wide receiver is pretty deep this year. There have been a couple training camp injuries so far, nothing major. So without further ado, let's start digging into this. And first off, Nolan, I just want to ask you, how excited are you for fantasy football being back in full swing now that we're into August? I'm excited. I fantasy is one of the best parts of, the, of football for me, especially when your team's not doing too well. But it gives you a reason to watch every game, and it's fun. I, I've always enjoyed. I've always enjoyed it, and I can't wait to go more and more in depth as I do every single year. All right. So, like I said earlier, fantasy football is back. So we're gonna be looking at wide receivers and kind of the values that are hidden in ADP. If you don't know what ADP means, it's average draft position. And this is going to vary on platform to platform. It's going to be different on ESPN versus Yahoo versus if you do an offline draft, your ADP is based on the other people in your league, what they think. So it's constantly changing, but we're going to be going off of fantasy pros, average draft position, which takes an average of all of these sites and we're just going to be talking about some wide receivers that we like, some wide receivers that are, we think are a little too high, and some values in the position. So, Nolan, why don't you get us started? Who's your first hidden gem in this wide receiver group? Hidden gem, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is – there's been a lot of talk about him. He's been, he's been pretty spectacular. He's been pretty spectacular through campus, the things we've heard. Um, that offense is going to be pretty lethal – Still, Ryan Tannehill is a very, very solid quarterback throwing to A.J. Brown. He's one of the best deep threats receiver in the league because he's huge. He remind, he's, I believe he's going to have a season a lot like D.K. Metcalf last year. Big production and a good offense with a good run game. Yeah, he's the seventh wide receiver coming off the board right now in average draft position. And he's a guy, too. Obviously, Julio Jones went to the Titans in the offseason. His upside where he's at, he's going towards the end of the second round. I've seen him go as late as the beginning of the third round as well. He has extra upside. If Julio Jones gets hurt, which he is an often hurt player, his ceiling, you know, before the Titans signed Julio Jones, A.J. Brown was being talked at and talked about as a possible wide receiver one, like the wide receiver one. Julio came in. And people have kind of fallen off him ever since. We have to remember Arthur Smith, who was the Titans offensive coordinator, has left. He went to the Falcons. Arthur Smith is the guy that would give the ball to Derrick Henry close to 40 times a game, right? So the Titans are going to be throwing the ball a little bit more. Ryan Tannehill, believe it or not, his last two seasons, he's had similar statistics to Patrick Mahomes which is crazy, especially in QBR. Tannehill has been nothing short of fantastic ever since he took over as the starting quarterback from Marcus Mariota just a few years ago. So 
AJ Brown in the second round, if you get him in the third, it's a steal because not only is he going to produce for you every single week, but he has upside that if Julio goes down, he could easily explode. And you also think about this too, from a defensive standpoint from other teams, who, how are you going to guard everyone here? Before, you could stack the box on Derrick Henry, and that's why you see monster games from A.J. Brown. But now you have Julio Jones, right? You can't just double cover Julio Jones and A.J. Brown and stack the box for Derrick Henry. It's just – it's going to be kid in a candy shop for the Tennessee Titans offense. They can do whatever they want whenever they want when they have all three of these pieces on the field. Honestly, Julio Jones only makes A.J. Brown a stronger fantasy pick this year because it killed his draft position, and now his upside is even greater because of it. I love A.J. Brown at the end of the second round this year. For me, I'm going to kind of do a a twofer here because one doesn't really count. I just want to talk a little bit about Devontae Adams, especially now that Aaron Rodgers is back. Devontae Adams is a guy that really in PPR leagues should be going in the top seven picks. Really shouldn't be going anywhere else than that. Tyree Kill is a two to him. Devontae Adams, nobody comes close. We're talking about a guy last year who averaged 17.4 points per game. He's got Aaron Rodgers coming back on a revenge tour against his own GM in a last dance scenario for the Green Bay Packers. He had a 28% target share, right? And he had the third most targets in the league despite missing two weeks. Devontae Adams is that Packers offense. They're going to run the ball a bit more with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. But Devontae Adams is the focal point of that Packers offense. And there's there's no reason that he should be going anywhere but that first wide receiver spot taken overall. And then my hidden gem, I guess you could say, is Deontay Johnson. Okay. He plays for the Steelers. I guess you could call him the wide receiver one there now. It's kind of a three-headed monster between Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, and Deontay Johnson. But Deontay Johnson is a guy who is a target monster, especially in PPR formats. He's going to be fantastic. He's got a 24% target share on that offense. He's got about 9.6 targets per game. The problem for him last year was drops, right? He had 10 to 16 drops last year, which really hurt his value. If you think about that, 10 to 16 drops, that's really 10 to 16 points just alone right there. If he's tackled immediately at the line of scrimmage, right? That's, that's 10 to 16 points. So Deontay Johnson, he bought a tennis ball machine to help him work on his hands, kind of squeeze those balls in tight to make sure they're not popping loose and running without the football. So he's only looking to increase. You know the Steelers are still going to be a pass-heavy team, although Najee Harris should have some workload. Big Ben also is going to try to keep things towards the line of scrimmage. His arm isn't what it used to be. Deontay Johnson is that type of receiver. I feel like Deontay Johnson could easily slip into the top 10 receivers despite going in the third and fourth round. Right now, he's the 20, excuse me, he's the 
54th overall player going off the board. And he is the 22nd wide receiver going off the board as well. So I believe he is definitely a value in the fourth and fifth rounds. So I, so we're talking value kind of boomer bust. I have two guys that I really think could boomer bust. I'm you're, I feel like the, one of these guys are going to look back at this and you're going to be like, Nolan was such an idiot. What was he thinking for, for even considering like even considering these guys, but I have two. Prepare to laugh. All right. So first guy is Nelson Aguilar. Every year, he seems like he's gonna he's gonna break out, and I think he's in the situation in New England where it could happen. All right, I, I can see you smiling and laughing at me. You don't think that's gonna happen, but another guy, I actually have a lot of confidence in. I'm hearing he's having a fantastic camp as a rookie wide receiver. I think Rashad Bateman is going to be a fantastic mid to late round pick. I think he has so much upside as a rookie wide receiver. You could see him having a similar year to a guy like Justin Jefferson. I think he's not, people are not talking enough about him, especially in that Ravens offense where Lamar may want to throw it more. And he's that option. I think he's going to be better than Marquise Brown. He's going to be better than these guys. Bateman is my number one receiver for the Ravens. And I think he's going to do, I think he's going to do great. All right, all right. So, so let's go back first. So, first of all, let's talk a little bit about Nelson Aguilar, okay? Because I'm not going to forget you just said that. I feel like doing drafts, there's always – I'm like, who takes these guys? Well, now I know who takes Nelson Aguilar. It, it's it's Nolan Hamilton. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I just – I don't want to be near New England this year, right? Unless it's Johnny Smith. I, I don't – if Cam Newton's the quarterback, there's absolutely zero way that – Aguilar does absolutely anything. But, you know, maybe, maybe towards the end of the stretch, right, if Mac Jones comes in and he locks on to Aguilar, right, you know, may, maybe, maybe, who knows. But your second point on Bateman, I am 100% in agreement with you. Bateman is the wide receiver one for that offense. I don't know if we'll see Justin Jefferson type stats just because of how much the Ravens run the football. I don't think that – They'll have that high of a, a potency there. But I do agree with the fact that he's a great pick in, in the later rounds. Bateman is a guy I would certainly be targeting, especially because you know the Ravens are going to be trying to break tendency a little bit. They've become a bit predictable in these last couple of years, and that's the reason that they really weren't what we thought they were going to be. Defense started to figure them out, and that started in that NFC Divisional game against the Tennessee Titans – all the way back, I believe that was 2018, right? 2019? 2019. In 2019, the Titans started to figure them out a little bit. So they're going to change things up. Bateman is definitely a guy that I think Lamar can walk on to. Marquise Hollywood Brown never really was that wide receiver one. He's more of a, of a two wide receiver. And he's more and I, think, I think Bateman is a guy that really can help that offense grow. All right. So for me now, my wide receiver, that's kind of a boomer bust play as well. It's going to be Cooper Cup. And I don't think that there's going to be any bust in this player. Cooper Cup, and you can go Robert Woods here too. I'm fine with either. I, I'm a little bit yeah, higher. I was going to say Woods for mine. So yeah, we can, we can talk about them. I'm, I'm a little bit higher on Cup. I like Woods as well, though. They're literally. 
back to back in my rankings, but it's all we, we have to remember here, right? It was only two years ago that Cooper Cup finishes the wide receiver four in fantasy with Jared Goff at quarterback. Matthew Stafford coming in completely changes this offense, completely changes it, makes it way, way, way more dangerous. Jared Goff last year was horrendous, and they still made the playoffs. Cooper Cup's a guy in the slot that can go on deep routes, that can stay in PPR. He should have a high target share. Robert Woods I love as well. He's a guy that's going to get a ton of targets. This whole offense for the Rams should be very, very good with Matthew Stafford under center. And you already know Sean McVay is working ways to get guys open. And with a guy in the arm talent of Matthew Stafford, the sky is the limit for this group of wide receivers. Yeah, there's there's a lot of guys with that positive upside. That, But there's – are there any guys that you are concerned about that just are not going to be able to stay on the field or not be get the target share you want? Who's your number one guy? You tell people if you're drafting, stay away. Who's your non-draftable wide receiver? Non-draftable wide receiver. For me, or it's it's probably I'm staying pretty far away from Tyler Lockett right now. I really really okay. don't see myself grabbing Tyler Lockett at the moment. And it's just because of his inconsistency, right? People are going to look at the end of the day between him and DK Metcalf and look, Hey, they didn't finish that far apart. Really. They're, they're really kind of the same, but they're not the same player. They're, they're not close to the same player. Really in three games. And I believe two of them were against the Cardinals. And one of them was against the Rams was, where Lockett absolutely went off. And it was in those games that Bad memories. Metcalf was getting locked off, right? So with Lockett, he has potential for massive games, absolutely massive blow-up games where he could drop 50 points. He did it last year. But there's also times where he's going to score two or three points. And I had Lockett last year. I traded for him, actually, at the beginning of the year before we saw the Seahawks' whole offense kind of go down, right? So Lockett, he's a fine pick, but you're going to have to deal with the ups and downs. That's just not the type of player that I like to have on my fantasy team. What about you, Noah? For me, hmm. I'm going to stay away from Odell Beckham Jr. I said every year. I said every year. He had, I drafted him last year, too. I actually, I actually did draft him. And he did fine, and then he got hurt. I think Odell's going to – I think Odell's getting a little bit up there, honestly. I think I'd rather – much rather pick Jarvis Landry. I think that offense is still going to be very good, but Odell worries me. I'm fine with Odell, personally, I, because of his cost now, right? So if we talk about Odell last year – before this year, Odell has always been going in the third round, second round, even first round, way back in the day. But he's, he's no longer going in the third round, right? 
he's a guy that's going as the 67th overall pick. He's a guy that you can get in the late fifth, early sixth rounds. For a guy that has potential to finish as a top three player in the entire position that you can get in the sixth round, I'm fine with that. Here are some guys that are going right around him, right? Brandon Ayuk, Chase Claypool, T. Higgins, Cortland Sutton, DJ Chark, right? Those, yeah. Some of those guys are going to be solid options for sure, yeah. But none of those guys have potential to be a top three wide receiver. Odell does, and at the cost that you can get him at to get a, the wide receiver one on that offense, I'm, a, I'm all right with it. But I understand what you're saying. There's injury risk. There's risk that the Browns are going to run the ball so much that Odell becomes irrelevant. That's it's all a possibility, but you're getting him as a wide receiver three. And when you have a wide receiver three that has the upside that Odell does, I'm personally okay with taking it. He's actually a player that I've been targeting. I do want to hit on one more player before we wrap up that I'm completely off of that. I will not take at all. And that's Mike Evans and actually really any Tampa Bay wide receiver or receiver name, not named Antonio Brown. Mike Evans is a guy. Yeah. He finished in the top 10 last year, but how many games have you noticed? Nolan, Mike Evans went two receptions, two touchdowns, zero yards. A lot. Yeah. It happened quite a bit last year where Mike Evans would just somehow come out with 14 fantasy points or 16 fantasy points, depending on your, your format and just on two receptions or something, something ridiculous. It's, it's, it's almost comical. It's not sustainable, right? It's not something that you can actually do right against the Broncos. I believe it was, which I'm sure you remember this Nolan. He had two receptions for two yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Week three, right? So it happens, right? It, it happens. He, He's a player that I'm staying away from, right? He's going to have ups and downs. He's on a good offense, but I, I just can't deal with that inconsistency on my fantasy team. And I, I would rather guys take guys in the area where he's going instead of him. That's my personal preference. Yeah. So I have, before we go, I got one more as we have the last one. A guy that I think is inconsistency. I think he still has a good pick, but I don't think you pick him as early as where he's going. I think Adam Thielen is another one of those guys that's had a he had a crazy high red zone red zone target. He was targeted 13 times in the red zone last year, and 10 of them were for touchdowns. He has such high percentage. I don't see that being sustainable. Yeah, I definitely definitely would agree with that there, Nolan. I think that's gonna wrap things up for us, and that's gonna be done for our wide receiver values at the position. We'll be doing some more late round wide receiver work later in the week. Wink, wink at Elijah Moore there. Wink, wink at Antonio Brown. We'll take a look into that in a couple of days. Wink, wink at Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> I'll be waving goodbye to Nelson Aguilar. But that's going to do it here for the Prospect Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jake Cicillano. I'm Nolan Hamilton. Signing off.